Thanks for listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces, where we take a deeper look at the issues and people shaping our community and our country. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. It's great to be with everybody here in Radio Land today. We are missing one very important person. Unfortunately, my beloved Jeff Simmons is taking a much-needed and much-deserved break around these holidays, so I'm flying solo here today with the help of our engineer, Reggie Johnson, on the board. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you a little bit later in the program. Of course, there's lots of news swirling around. We are in the midst of holiday celebrations and, of course, almost at the very end of 2022. I hope everyone's being careful getting around these next few days, especially with the wintry, icy weather coming our way. And that goes for whether you're a driver or a pedestrian. The city DOT is also out with a new proposal related to road safety, which is lowering the legal blood alcohol limit for drivers from 0.08 to 0.05. That'll be an interesting conversation to watch. And whether you're planning to use public transportation around uh, to get around, there could be some tough news on the way to the $19 billion budget adopted by the MTA this week could leave room for fare hikes and increases in tolls if you're driving. The new plan would increase the number of trains running on the weekend, but would also slightly cut the number of trains in the later part of the morning rush on Mondays and Fridays. The agency says this will fit ridership levels, but union workers are warning that it will result in passengers taking out their frustrations on transit workers, even via assaults. So something else to consider there. Speaking of mass transit, Disability advocates are pushing for a return to masking on the trains as we face the ongoing triple-demic of COVID, flu, and RSV. The advocates say that the mask mandate, which was eased in September in the city, helps protect people with chronic illnesses who have avoided using public transportation because of elevated threats to their health. So lots going on, certainly. Uh, before we get in today's show, however, I just want to take a moment to remind you very quickly that WBAI appreciates your help during this holiday season and, of course, all year round. Here's just a very brief reminder about why your contribution matters to us so very much. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, co-host of Driving Forces here on WBAI New York. Every week, Jeff Simmons and I work to bring you the best conversations about politics and public policy in the greatest city in the world. But here's something you may not know. It costs $17,000 a month to pay the rent on our broadcast tower at Four Times Square. That's right, $17,000 a month just to stay on the air for you. That's why we're asking for your help. Please go to towerfund.wbai.org and give as generously as you can to help keep free speech community radio alive. It's easy to donate and it only takes a minute. Every donation helps WBAI stay on your FM dial with great programming about current events, music, culture, the arts, and much more. We appreciate your support. Please go to towerfund.wbai.org today and show your support for the best in free speech radio. Because the one thing a radio station doesn't need is a silent night. (laughs) 
So thank you for listening to that. And thank you for your support for this station. It means a lot to us here at WBAI. For today's program, we're going to focus on an issue very close to my heart. Uh, if you've ever met me or if you've seen any of my social media, you know that I'm sort of a super parent when it comes to dachshunds in particular. I've had two very important dachshunds in my life, Pebs and Pablo, and they've meant the world to me. And I know all the pet lovers out there will know what I mean. So in New York, we have some new legislation coming on the books regarding pets and in particular pet stores. In the coming years, it will become illegal in New York State for pet stores to sell dogs, cats and rabbits. This, of course, has a lot to do with the stemming the operation of puppy mills, which overbreed animals so that their litters can be sold on the retail market. And as you can imagine, there are strong feelings on both sides of the argument leading up to this legislation. So to find out more about this, I got in touch with New York State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal, who's represented the 67th Assembly District, which includes the Upper West Side and parts of Clinton and Hell's Kitchen since 2006. She's the head of the Assembly's Social Services Committee, and she's worked on a wide range of issues over the years, including domestic violence, consumer protection, and animal cruelty. This week, I spoke to the Assembly member about all the work she's doing to protect New York's animals and why that sometimes gets very complicated. Here's how our conversation went. So, Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, thank you so much for joining us on Driving Forces. It's great to hear from you, and I'm really excited to hear from you about this, well, a series, actually, of bills that you've been involved in related to animals and uh, animal protection in New York. So, let's start out first with the pet store bill, because I think a lot of people are talking about this, and a lot of people will be really interested to hear about it. How did you first get involved in this legislation? Okay. Well, first, thank you, Celeste. I know, um, you, you had two beloved, uh, dachshunds. Yes. Um, so I know you also care about animals. I do. Um, and thank you for, for having me again on your show. Um, so since my election, which was 16 years ago to the New York State Assembly, I've been doing a lot of, um, bills and efforts to promote animal welfare. And the first, law that I actually passed to help animals was when I, when I first got to Albany and that, that law allows companion animals to receive orders of protection the same way, um, an abused person gets an order of protection. And the reason is because animals are often the first victims of abusers. And so they need protection too. And, and then I was off to the races, as they say, because I learned so much about how New York state, uh, was deficient in, in its laws protecting animals. So I've done many laws since then. Um, my first in the nation some years ago was banning the declawing of cats. And so after that, that was a tremendously difficult bill to pass because there was a lot of opposition. But then, you know, I decided with all the advocates that I work along with from big organizations like ASPCA, HSUS, Animal Protection, to very small ones that care just about rabbits, um, you know, to rescues, that really what we need to take on is the puppy mill industry which is um, located in states like Missouri and Iowa and Ohio, also Pennsylvania uh, and other places around the country where 
animals are forced to breed to produce cute puppies, for example, to ship to stores in New York where they will be sold for thousands of dollars, but they are actually very sick animals. And, and so the goal was to put a dent in that pipeline. And so I think it was about three years ago that I introduced, um, that, that bill banning the sale in retail pet stores in New York state. We're talking to New York State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal about her bills regarding the protection of animals and how animals can and cannot be sold uh, going forward in New York. And Assembly member, I imagine that over this long period of working on this bill, you heard a lot of pros and a lot of cons. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about sort of the conversation that surrounded this, because it, it wasn't, I imagine, a, a cut and dried issue. No, absolutely not. And, you know, it, it, um, it did end up being a bipartisan vote. So it, it had 15 no votes in the assembly out of 150 and five out of 63 in the Senate. So at, at the end of the day, you know, people from both sides of the aisle voted for it because protecting animals really is a bipartisan issue. But when I first introduced it, I sat down with lobbyists um, for puppy mills and for pet stores, really. And they argued strenuously that they do not source their animals from puppy mills. And so I asked for proof of that. I, I asked to see the records. I asked to see what breeders they came from. And I got no response. I, you know, I said, email it to me, send it to me. Let's talk nothing silence and that's because they could not prove that they they got the animals from reputable breeders um they got them from puppy mills and and so you know i knew that we had the evidence and the facts on our side um and you know we had the aspca and the humane society and um and other organizations you know, who had evidence as well, who've gone to those puppy mills and and seen the conditions under which animals are bred over and over and over again. Uh, one of the organizations has said that, you know, they see puppies with their uteruses falling out because they're bred um, so often and kept in miserable conditions in cages where they can't turn around with hardly any veterinary visits, not enough food, not enough water, not enough attention, because they're just breeding. They treat these animals as breeding machines. Uh, the consequence is that the animals that are born are very often genetically compromised. Um, and then when they get shipped to New York, um, people buy them, fall in love with them, and realize they're sick and they have to pay huge veterinary bills for animals that are sick and suffering. So that was our argument. The other side basically was you're putting us out of business um, and we sell animals from breeders that we go check on, which, you know, they never proved their case. They just kept saying it, but that didn't make it so. Um, and the fact is that this law will not, put the stores out of business if they follow a proper business model the way California and Maryland and Illinois and 400 other uh, municipalities across the U.S. have done, which is 
have rescues and shelter animals in the store where people can meet them and adopt them. And then people will buy all the things that go along with having a pet um, in that store. So, you know, we, we talk about food and litter, but there's grooming and there's lessons and there's clothing and the billions of dollars that Americans spend on their animals each year. They spend it in stores. You know, some get it online, of course, but stores are replete with clothing that's more expensive than I would buy for myself. But people <laughs> do buy for their animals because they love them so much. So, you know, that's how it's a win-win all around if stores take up that proper business model. Assemblymember Rosenthal, do you have a sense of how many stores in New York would be affected by this? How many, how many uh, oh, places know. are we talking about? Well, some like 10 or more years ago, there were maybe 400 pet stores selling pets. And I remember as a kid, uh, there were several pet stores in my neighborhood and, you know, I'd walk by and I see these cute little poodles and whine to my mother that I wanted one. And she said, no, but um, it's dwindled down to maybe like in the sixties. So it's a business model that is also not sustainable because people have gotten wise to um, the many rescues and shelters there are where you can get a, a beautiful animal for much less money. And if someone wants a particular breed, they there are reputable breeders that that offer, you know, purebreds. And if they want purebreds and not pay an exorbitant fee, there are rescues that specialize in different breeds. So there are so many ways to get a loving animal, a new companion, a new family member, as most of us consider our animals, um, without paying thousands of dollars for an animal that will probably cause you heartache in the end. You're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. Our guest today is Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, who's talking to us about a series of animal-related pieces of legislation she has been instrumental in passing in the Capitol in Albany. And Assemblymember just wanted to go back a little bit for people who may say, look, I want to get a pet from a pet store. It's convenient. I'm willing to pay the money and so on. Um, you know, there are certainly concerns to watch out for, say, if people want to cross a border from New York, go to another state and say, well, if I can't do it here, I'm going to leave New York and I'm going to go to, I don't know, Jersey or, or Pennsylvania, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I've, I've certainly read about uh, overbreeding in pet animals and how it contributes to certain things like, I don't, for example, I think like hip dysplasia being more, mm-hmm. more frequent in uh, right. golden retrievers and dogs that people like. I mean, can you talk a little bit about for people who say, well, I don't think it's fair that they're going to shut down all these pet stores and I'm going to go to a pet store somewhere else. Why people might want to think twice about doing that. Well, you know, it's, it's a good point. You know, people, if they want to go to New Jersey or other States, uh, obviously that's their right. They've, they've done that before this bill was enacted into law, but what we've seen, and we've seen it with dogs like bulldogs and others where their faces are so squashed in to get the, you know, the, the perfect genetic specimen that they can't breathe. 
Um, and the same thing with some of those other dogs that humans decide to create is they come with um, problems like the hip dysplasia. Um, really, we need to, we as a society, as a human race, need to stop messing around with animals to produce ones that suit our needs. And um, the result is animals that, you know, have genetic defects that make it hard for them to enjoy their lives. Um, but certainly, I am sure that the animal organizations and others will make it clear to consumers in New York that here's where you can get a perfectly um, beautiful animal that wasn't bred in a puppy mill and um, that we certify is a legit place to get an animal. And there are lists on various websites. There's a lot of word of mouth. Like here, I got my dog from this breeder and they're, they're good. So I think there will be education that comes along with this. Unfortunately, this bill doesn't go into effect for two years. Uh, so there is time for stores to, you know, accommodate to the impending law. And there's also time for breeders to get their word out that they exist. And here's another place for people to get animals that aren't necessarily born unhealthy. We're talking to Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal. And Assemblymember, it's an interesting time to be talking about pet stores and shelters because during the pandemic, I think a lot of us have either seen news stories about or experienced firsthand shelters being emptied out. People went wild. I've got to adopt a pet. I'm stuck Mm -hmm. at home all day. I need this in my life. Now (laughs) we may be seeing a turn of the tide where people may be going back to offices or in hybrid or or they're just realizing, you know what, this is not for me. I got to unload this dog that is now attached to me mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting time for people to be sort of navigating the shelter system. First, there were so many dogs and then there were no dogs. And now there's going to be a bunch of dogs. Just wondering what, what are you, how do you think this will all play into it? Taking, taking pet stores eventually, at least out of, out of that equation. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you make some great points and, and people, did not realize that, you know, taking on a new life in your, in your home, in your life means a lot of commitment and a lot of responsibility. Um, and yes, animals that were used to having their people around them at all times, like my cat who now whines when she sees that I'm about to go out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a living being and it's so, sad when people have to relinquish their animals because they realize they can't take care of them or they don't want to take care of them anymore. Um, I think having, there will be fewer spontaneous, oh, that's a beautiful dog in the window. Let me buy that puppy um, when the stores are closed. So that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, often for big holidays like Christmas, people buy animals for their loved ones and every year we send out the message that is not a wise thing to do uh it's not like buying a a toy you know you you have to make sure the person who you're giving the animal to wants the animal you know uh there's so many responsibilities that go along with having having a an animal in your life so i think the fact that there will be fewer places to just have a a spontaneous let me spend $5,000 and get that golden retriever moments. 
Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, you mentioned that this piece of legislation will not go into effect for uh, until 2024. I believe another piece of legislation that you've worked on will be going into effect sooner. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is uh-huh. uh, the legislation involving uh, animal testing, the sale uh, of cosmetics in New York State that involved testing on animals. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, in 2008, I passed a law prohibiting the use of cruel animal testing methods in cases where an alternative was available. So in 2008, the European Union, which was and is far more advanced in their uh, laws and regulations regarding animals, um, was not testing on animals. Um, and they had, you know, petri dishes and various other scientific methods to test if cosmetics were safe. We here in the U.S. Uh, continued testing on animals. And um, so in 2008, you know, I, I did pass something that restricted it a bit. Now, my my new law, which prohibits the manufacture and sale of cosmetics in New York that have been tested on animals, goes into effect January 2023. And this is an effort that is nationwide. Um, New York is now the either 10th or 11th state to pass this bill into law. And the goal is and was to have this be a national law so that you know, no bunnies have to be tortured, you know, through eye experimentations so I can wear mascara. Um, and, and that is also where the market is going. People don't, there, there's so many choices now that you don't have to buy something that is tested on animals. Um, but this would just codify that for New York State. I have an unfortunate um, announcement about that bill that we just learned is that in the in the federal omnibus bill that they've been cobbling together, this bill and the one in all this law and all the laws in the other states have been preempted. Hmm. And I don't know who's responsible for it. I think it's, uh, I'm not sure which, which industry, which lobbying group got that snuck into this bill, uh, the omnibus bill, which is thousands and thousands of pages, but, seems to me in the dead of night that was put in to preempt states that have such laws. It it seems like, and I have to, you know, consult with the, the people who, who know this more intimately, it may, you know, obliterate the law and it won't be able to go into effect. Wow. But because it would it would be perceived as superseding federal law or something like correct. that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Wow. Wow. And, so. and you know, what's interesting is that so many of the manufacturers agree with this and support it. No one didn't support it. You know, none of the industry that we work with went against it. So there's something out there that's uh, saying, Oh no, this is going to hurt our profits. And we're, you know, I'll find out more. And of course we will, and I've already spoken to my Congress member, Jerry Nadler's office about this, um, that it shouldn't, federal law should not preempt our state's laws about safety in cosmetics and protecting animals from cruel torture. 
Wow. So that that is very interesting. I had not certainly not been aware of of a federal move to to preempt uh-huh. that that yeah. law. And and I certainly would agree that I mean at least from from what I've seen and what I've experienced, I think a lot of uh, a lot of manufacturers out there are specifically labeling their products as cruelty free. That people right. are using the power of their purse to to advance that. You know, maybe they're not. Uh, you know, joining a protest and waving a sign, but they're sort of, you know, voting with their pocketbooks, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, eventually this will, this will happen because of the power of the purse. But, you know, we wanted to enshrine it into law to make it happen faster. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if that's related to overseas manufacturing where uh-huh. product testing on animals is rate. I mean, what would be the financial incentive for that? Doesn't it cost more to test on animals to have live animals? It, it, it would seem to, but I, you know, I'm digging into that. I don't know the answer right now. Wow. Well, that's certainly something we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on. And assembly member Linda Rosenthal, if people want to find out more about you and your work and where all this is going, where can we send them? As long as Twitter exists in a decent form, I'm, I'm at Linda B. Rosenthal, B as in Beth, Linda B. Rosenthal, but I have registered in some of the new sites that are popping up. I think Mastodon is one of them. It's the same handle, Linda B. Rosenthal. And um, they can also go to my website, uh, my assembly website at assembly.state.ny.us and then look me up and I'm on Facebook under the same name, Instagram, all, all of those social media outlets. <laughs> they could just Google me or they could uh, ask my kitties. <laughs> okay, they they know I, all the dirt. Are we having a, a special shout out here to, uh, to the kitties by name? Yeah. Well, there's kitty, uh, not very uh, creative, but it's the only name she answered to. And Vita, who I got from an AC, I got them both from an ACC shelter and they're living very happy lives on the Upper West Side. Excellent. <laughs> well, happy holidays to Kitty, to Vita and to you, Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal. Thank you so much for joining us here on Driving Forces. Oh, thank you so much, Celeste. Same to you. You're listening to Driving Forces on WBAI New York. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and that was my conversation with New York State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal about two new pieces of legislation regarding the sale of pets and the sale of products that are tested on animals. A little later in the program, I'm going to be asking you to call in and talk about this. What do you think about these new laws? Too much? Too little? We'll be coming to you in just a bit to hear what you think. So usually, of course, I'd be here on Driving Forces right now with the wonderful Jeff Simmons. It's been a real joy to co-host with Jeff for these past four plus years. He's not only a great friend and a smart guy, but he's got a wonderful radio presence, as you know from this show and his other program, City Watch, which you can hear right here on WBAI on Sunday mornings. So Jeff and I give our time to this station because we believe so strongly that New York needs, wants, and deserves free speech, independent radio. And during the holidays and all year round, WBAI can only bring you non-corporate community programming on news politics, music, culture, and the arts with your support. I know we all miss Jeff being here with us for today's show, but here's a little message we recorded for the holidays about how you can help WBAI. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. And I'm Jeff Simmons. We host Driving Forces here on WBAI. We bring you thoughtful conversations about what really matters to New Yorkers on politics and public policy. 
And we make time to hear from you, our listeners, not just during the holidays, but all year round. To keep these critical conversations on the air, we need your help. From now until New Year's, we're building up our funds to pay rent on our broadcast tower at Four Times Square. Go to towerfund.wbai.org today to help us keep free speech radio alive in the greatest city in the world. That's towerfund.wbai.org. It's easy to donate. It only takes a minute. Just go to towerfund.wbai.org. And remember, your contribution is tax deductible. WBAI is getting its financial house in order. Help us keep our signal as strong and as clear as our commitment to bringing you the best in news, music, and culture. Give to WBAI this holiday season. Be heard. That's WBAI.org. Please give as generously as you can to support the Tower Fund and keep our signal vibrant and strong in 2023 and beyond. WBAI.org and thanks. This is Driving Forces on WBAI. I am Celeste Katz-Marston. Today we're talking about animals in pet stores, in product testing, and in shelters. You know, according to the ASPCA, more than 6 million pets or companion animals go into shelters across the country every year. About half of them cats, about half of them dogs. Of those, millions are adopted, hundreds of thousands are returned to their owners, and hundreds of thousands are put to death. So as we talked about with uh, Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal a little bit ago, bringing a pet into your life can be a wonderful thing, but it can also get complicated and it can get expensive. Lots to talk about there. So discuss more about animal shelters and adoption. I'm really excited to introduce you to a great reporter, a great friend, and a great lover of animals. Lisa L. Colangelo is a reporter for Newsday. She covers health and COVID-19 issues for the paper, but she has written about animals throughout her career. And I know it's a subject that is at least as close to her heart as it is to mine. Lisa and I met when we were both reporters at the New York Daily News, but she's also reported for AM New York, the Asbury Park Press, and more. So without further ado, Lisa Al Colangelo, welcome to WBAI. Hi, Celeste. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the radio. This is and great. I'm, uh, I'm only I'm so Jeff, sorry that Jeff nice is missing it. I don't know if you have any special messages you want to send out to him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I was happy to hear Jeff's voice because I miss him too, but he deserves a rest. He works all the time. So I'm happy that he's, he's taking a break, but, uh, I do miss hearing his voice, but it's great to speak with you. And I'm glad that you're focusing on this, on these many animal issues. There's so many important issues, um, you know, and I, I think it's great that you're focusing. Um, I think the first thing that, that I'd say that most people would say, especially with the holiday season here, is, um, you know, getting an, any animal as a gift is, is probably not a great idea. It doesn't mean that you can't get a companion animal during the holiday season. It just shouldn't be a surprise or a gift. It should be something that's planned out, you know, for you and your family uh, to make sure that there are the resources and the desire to take care of the animal, whether it's a puppy or a kitten or even a guinea pig. Um, all animals, uh, you know, need, uh, they need attention. They need resources. They need veterinary help. Those are things that cost money and, t- and take time. So it's really important for anybody who's interested in having a pet, which is, you know, a great experience, prepares themselves and does a little research, um, which you can do with some good sources on the Internet, uh, rescue groups, other places. Um, you know, I've talked to so many people that run these rescue groups, and 
I'm thinking of this one woman uh, who runs a, a guinea pig rescue out on Long Island, and she's just overwhelmed. And it just seems that, you know, people don't know. They think that they're animals that don't need that much care and attention, and, and they really do, as all living things do. So that would be, you know, the first thing I would say. Um, you know, also, if you are going to look for a companion animal, look at, you know, the municipal shelters, I would say, first and foremost. So whether you're in, in if you're in New York City, it's animal care centers of New York City. If you're in the surrounding areas, whatever municipal shelter, those are the ones that are really, I mean, all rescues and shelters are overwhelmed. But the municipal shelters, which are run by government through contract or directly through government, are the ones that are really overwhelmed. Um, and we could talk a little bit about the pandemic pets. pets. That's certainly part of, a large part of it right now. Um, these are places that have to accept any animal that comes through its doors. They cannot turn anybody away because they don't have enough space. Um, and they're really stretched to the limit. Um, Many of these shelters have, have partners in the community, rescue groups and such, that help them by taking some of the animals or volunteering and helping with resources. Um, but those are the animals really the most in need. You know, these, these municipal shelters and the rescue groups that pull animals from the municipal shelters and help with adoptions. Um, I would, you know, really suggest that people start there. And I think that's what, you know, um, many people in the field would say as well. This is Driving Forces on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and we're talking to Lisa Alcalangelo of Newsday about animal shelters and adoption. And Lisa, I know you've written about this in the past. I don't know if this is something that we see every year or certain times of the year. You know, people get animals around holidays, Christmas, Easter also, and they don't necessarily give a lot of thought about what is going to happen with those animals a week or a month later. Do we find that certain times of the year we see a surge in people surrendering animals because they didn't sort of go through all the planning and prep that you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can talk right now about Christmas. And if you speak with anybody in animal rescue, um, they will tell you that after the holiday season, whether it's a month or a two months, uh, could be when the puppies start to get bigger. They're not as cute. They need a lot of, I'm not saying they're not as cute. <laughs> Some people, <laughs> may, the novel, they're always cute, but the novelty may, you know, wear off. They need more time, attention. They get big. Um, same thing with kittens into cats. Um, so, yes, first and, you know, foremost after the holiday season, you will see um, an influx at, at shelters. Then you get to an, another time is around Easter. And this is uh, also a really big problem when it comes to chicks and rabbits. And I did get a chance to write about this this year as well, because people buy bunnies thinking um, or chicks thinking, OK, it's a great Easter gift, but it, you know, there's still work. And then people get frustrated. It's not what they thought it would be. Um, and sometimes they release them. And that's why, you know, you should never really, really see a white rabbit in the wild. The, the, there are plenty of wild rabbits, especially on Long Island, but also in the city. And they'll be brown. You know, they'll, they'll have some kind of camouflage. Um, if you see lighter colored ones, chances are they've been dumped. So there are, again, rescue groups, rescuers who really step up and try to help. Um, I have rabbit rescue groups were overwhelmed as well. Um, what... The layer on top of all of this that we all know about is the whole pandemic pet issue. When people were 
at home. Uh, for whatever reason, they were lonely. They had time. They had more of an interest. Many, many people got pets, whether, again, they were guinea pigs or rabbits or cats or dogs. Either, you know, when they either went back to work, their schedules changed. Maybe, unfortunately, their living situation changed. They had to switch jobs. They, you know, didn't have the resources and the money they did. Those animals are overwhelming shelters. This is all over the country um, and, and in New York as well. Rescue groups, municipal shelters, you know, smaller shelters, they'll all tell you that that's, you know, really something they've been seeing now for over a year. And this is, again, a, a problem because people need to do the research and really think before, you know, you, you bring an animal into your life. Uh, as I said, it could be money issues, could be losing their housing, but it could also just be they didn't know what they that it was this much work. Um, and that's really unfortunate for some of these animals. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I think it, with my first dog, Pebs, I think I may have fallen into that category because when I got her, she was literally five pounds. I mean, five pounds, like a can of coffee. And then one day I came home from work, you know, working the crazy hours we do in news, and that five pound dog had eaten a chair. <laughs> I came home and I was like, what happened? Did not think that one through. Did not think about what was she going to do all day in an apartment, you know, without a dog sitter, without walking, whatever, just hadn't prepared. And, uh, you know, I think your your advice is well taken there, Lisa Alcalangelo, that you really got to like prepare for these things and think about what's going to happen. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I wonder if a lot of people during the pandemic had this experience where it was um, it was one thing to be home with the animal and they're very attached and they can attend to its needs and so on. And then if they have to go back to work or if they're in splitting their time working at an office and working at home, you know, dogs develop this separation anxiety. And that might be a reason that people have to surrender. The neighbors are complaining or dog is destructive or something like that. I mean, in a place like New York, luckily, I mean, there are resources, but it costs money, right? There's many places you can bring your pet during the day. They even have, I mean, I just used this, right, where they have cameras where you can check on your dog during the day, doggy daycare. There's different types of those, but it's not cheap. Not everybody has the resources for that. Um, same thing with dog walkers, dog sitters, somebody come in to check on your animal, Um you know, if people didn't really think that through and it's not something that they can, you know, afford, that becomes a problem. Um, the separation anxiety, as a matter of fact, my vet said that, not about my situation, but he had said that he is going to see a whole bunch of anxious dogs. Like, he knew that was going to happen, like, a few months after the pandemic because, you know, the dogs were just used to having people around, depending on where you live. If they're home alone and they're barking, you're right. That could be another reason if neighbors complain. Um, so that's what, you know, you really have to think things through um, before you get, you know, an animal. And, you know, one of the things you can do is volunteer. All of these places, all of these shelters, yeah. all of these rescue groups are in desperate need of, of volunteers. And that's a good way for people to kind of be around animals, um, much less commitment than living with them. And and you can, you know, see how you feel from there and it'll really show you the kind of work that's needed. 
We're talking to Lisa L. Colangelo, a reporter for Newsday, somebody who's covered animal issues for many years, in addition to covering uh, health care and uh, COVID issues that she's focusing on right now. And Lisa, I could talk to you about this all day, but in the few moments we have left, I was curious to know if you had heard anything or seen anything about how people are reacting to this new state law that will outlaw selling cats and dogs at pet stores starting in 2024. Obviously, animal owners and lovers and businesses may have differing opinions on whether this is a great idea. Well, well, kind of what I've heard anecdotally is is what you would expect. Um, The people who are uh, in animal rescue, who feel that these animals come from pipelines that are basically, um, you know, breeding mills, they call them puppy mills, where, you know, animals are bred in not very good conditions. Um, Some would say many of them are abusive. That, you know, there is a feeling among many people that that's what feeds, um, you know, the puppies that you see in stores. Now, of course, there's, there's re- owners, there's business people who have said, no, we don't get our animals from puppy mills. You know, we follow, we go to reputable breeders, you know, we follow all the regulations. Um, so that's where you see the tension there. I think that, you know, the business people or the people that own these businesses feel, you know, either that it's unfair um, you know, some of them have even said, well, come inspect us more, come do more research, we'll show you where our, do- our dogs come from. And then people in the animal welfare community are thrilled because they feel like there are so many animals that need homes in shelters um, that could be adopted, that there's no reason, you know, to have to have them being sold in stores. Um, being sold in stores also allows, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, impulse buys, Um that, uh, you know, don't always turn out well. So, but again, there's, you know, there's two sides to every story, and that's kind of what I have heard from there, that there are, you know, some business people that just feel this is unfair, you know, we follow all the guidelines, we don't use puppy mills, you know, find another way to monitor us, but don't, you know, shut us down. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that in the coming months, for sure. And before we let you go, Lisa, um, anything that you're working on related to health and related to COVID, especially as we're going into the holidays where people are going to be getting together, congregating, traveling in enclosed spaces and anything that you're looking at right now? Um, Well, get your COVID booster and get your flu shot. That's what the experts say, because um, flu cases, especially, I mean, we've been paying so much attention to COVID with very, very good reason. Um, People cannot ignore the flu. Flu cases are really the highest they've been in, in decades, and they're really, we're just kind of getting started. With flu, flu season started early. We're not even close to peaking, um, and that, I think, is a really big story. Again, we've heard a lot about RSV, the upper respiratory infection that mostly affects children but can affect adults as well. That seems to have peaked. It's still around. I think flu is going to be a um, really big issue in the next few weeks. Perfect. And Lisa L. Colangelo, if people want to find out more about you and your reporting, where can they look? Well, go to newsday.com. Um, that's our website. We have, you know, a lot of, you know, my stories are on there. We have a lot of information, a lot of really interesting interactive features. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Lisa L. Colangelo. And um, thank you so much. Thanks for focusing on these issues. Thanks for, uh, you know, having me phone in and talk about it. I really, really appreciate it. Lisa L. Colangelo of Newsday, a pleasure to have you here with us on Driving Forces today. Thanks, Celeste.
You're listening to Driving Forces on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. We just spoke with my good friend Lisa Alcalangelo of Newsday, who made lots of great points about our big topic today, animal shelters and adoption. Coming up, we are going to invite you to weigh in in the time that we have left. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. Are you happy that pet stores will not be able to sell puppies and kittens in New York State anymore? Or are you a business owner or customer who thinks this law is unfair? What would you like to see done to protect New York's companion and working animals? 212-209-2877 is our studio line. 212-209-2877. Give us a call, 212-209-2877. We'll be right back. Mama Thornton with Hound Dog, WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. It's now time for you to talk. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. Do you think it's great? Do you think it's terrible? Pet stores in New York will not be able to sell cats, dogs, and rabbits after 2024. How did you get your pets? Do you only buy cruelty-free products? What is going on 212-209-2877 we're going right to the phones wbai you're on the air what's your name and where you're calling from hi my name is stephanie and i'm asking about what um what role like celebrities play in you know buying these sort of you know designer pets and making it all seem easy and i think a lot of people kind of see that and say, hey, I can do that, and they don't. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, maybe maybe some, you know, just some, some 
things that they need to do on their part of just saying you can't, you know, you're not doing um, the right thing by buying this designer dog. Well, that's an interesting point, Stephanie, and thanks for your call. I think that, yeah, there's certainly a lot of people out there, influencers, uh, I guess that's what the kids call them these days, but people who are out there, uh, you know, with a brace of dogs or dogs that are very expensive to maintain or to groom or to train and so on. And, you know, maybe that's not within the reach of everybody, but if you have people out there sort of modeling this behavior, sorry for the pun, modeling, uh, you know, making it look easy without realizing that they have, uh, you know, insurance, that they have helpers, that they have handlers, that they have, uh, people working with them to make sure that they actually don't have to lift a finger. All they have to do is pose for the uh, the Instagram photo. That's that's a very good point. So thanks, Stephanie, for your call. We're going to go to our next call, 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Mark. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a research scientist, and uh, I'd like to just make comment regarding um, – I think we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater here because all these dogs, you have a Doberman Pinscher that looks as tiny as as, as your arm in, to, in total size. And we never did anything about that. And now we want to stop business owners. We want to, and I understand the puppy milk, got it, uh, check. But uh, if your first caller, um, and, you know, I'm just, Making a comment here. The first caller uh, was really, really nice talking about all the aspects. But I think as, and as you mentioned, later in the coming months and years, we're going to have to dig deeper as to why these laws are putting in place and look at the first law that probably should have been considered in terms of genetically modifying dogs from all walks of life, not only the celebrities. And that went totally overlooked. What could be more cruel than to have hip dysplasia when a dog is really designed to be bigger and yet smaller? That is, in my opinion, the most cruel thing, and we overlooked. We, we did the moonshot, and I think we need to backpedal, and your first caller needs to dig deeper. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your call. And, and that's a good question and something for us to think about. You know, do we have to create legislation that stops? Because I don't think we can reverse uh, what's already been done in terms of breeding dogs. And I think that a lot of what we hear about in terms of um, breeding or at least criticisms of breeding, I'm not saying that there are not reputable breeders out there. There certainly are people who dedicate their lives to the proper breeding and uh training and upkeep of animals. But if you are creating a dog to fit uh, sort of this idealized image of what an animal should be or look like or how much it should weigh or what color it should be, and not really thinking about sort of nature's design of how a dog should be able to, uh, you know, walk and move and uh, go about its life, you know, that that's where you get a disconnect. So certainly a, a good point, Mark. Thanks for your call. I believe we have another caller, 212-209-2877. This is Driving Forces on WBAI. We're going to go back to the phones. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you calling from? You're on the air or I'm on the air. 
I'm on the air alone because there's no caller. Okay, 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. This is Driving Forces, and today we're talking about uh, animals, uh, companion animals, shelters, uh, new legislation going into effect in 2024 that will prohibit pet stores in New York State from selling cats, dogs, and rabbits. And we first heard on the program today from uh, New York State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal, and she has been uh, instrumental in creating and passing some of this legislation. There's actually two bills she's working on. One was the pet store bill, and the other one was a bill to prevent the sale of um, non-certified cruelty-free cosmetic items in New York. But interesting a point there. She mentioned that um, there might actually be a federal preemption of state-level laws uh, to say that you can't do that. So we'll be watching out to see what happens with that. But certainly cruelty-free, buying cruelty-free items is something that's very, very widely available. If you want to know that a product was not tested on animals, that no animals were harmed in the making of your uh, face cream or your mascara or your perfume, certainly have a lot of options out there to do that. And uh, I think that a common theme that is running through today's program as we are winding up to a close, and thank you everybody for your calls, always great to hear from you, is that if you are thinking about bringing an animal into your home, or perhaps even more importantly, bringing an animal into somebody else's home around the holidays, really stop and think. I think that we've all been very much socialized to see the, you know, the sort of commercial image of the little kid opening up the box with the big red bow on it, and the cute puppy jumps out, and it's a, a wonderful moment for everybody concerned, and it may well be a wonderful moment for everybody concerned. But what you do have to think about is a week or a month or a year down the line that you're going to be caring for and um, paying to provide medical care for that animal and what will happen to it when you go to work, the kids grow up, you move to a different house, all these kinds of things. So definitely love your animals. I do uh, very deeply, but do please consider these things as we go into the holiday season. Make good choices for yourself and for the animals involved. Just one more reminder that to have these conversations on the air here on WBAI, we do need your support. Please go to WBAI.org today and give as generously as you can to support this radio station. You can even become a BAI buddy in the name of Driving Forces and make a recurring donation to help keep free speech radio alive in New York. That's WBAI.org. Remember, we are a 501c3 nonprofit that makes your gift tax deductible. We are almost at the end of 2022. Help WBAI and get a break on your taxes. Go to WBAI.org today to help. Thanks to our special guests today, New York State Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal and Newsday reporter Lisa L. Colangelo. Thanks, as always, to you, our listeners, to our callers, and to our engineer, Reggie Johnson. If you missed any part of this show, you can hear it by subscribing to Driving Forces via Apple, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This has been Driving Forces with Celeste Katz-Marston. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week for our final show of the year. Jeff Simmons will be back with us in January. Now stay tuned to WBAI for more great programming, see on the radio.